Hello and welcome to the Weekly Recap. This is episode 160. It is Nick hanging out in the studio by himself tonight. Although I did bring a friend along. So I'm going to shout him out. Logan from Thick Boys Glass on Instagram is on here tonight with me from... Where are you at again, Logan? Uh, Indiana. All right. The <laughs> state, not PA. Correct. So, yeah, we're, we're going international with... Wait, no. We're going nationwide with this one. <laughs> it might uh, as well be international. Right, right. Uh, I'm not bilingual or anything, so don't try to like change the language on me. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we, um, so a couple weeks back, big event, right? Fueled by hops did the drink, the cookie table event. And you guys were a part of that, right? Uh, yes, sir. We, um, we linked up with Ryan from fueled by hops. He, uh, he hit us up and was like, Hey man, we, uh, would love to have you come out and be a part of this. So, and that's basically all it, all it took for one of the, one of the best events in beer culture of all time. Uh, to go down, right? Thick boys and yeah. drink the cookie table. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> um, so had, had you met Ryan before the festival or was it just kind of like you showed up and he was like there? So we're good friends with um, Tattered Flag and Justin had gotten us involved with a an event called, it was like Beers and Bands for Bart. And it was oh, earlier yeah, yeah. in the summer. Yeah, and he got us involved with that, and we came out, and, you know, we did a a glass for a giveaway with them, and, you know, got to meet Justin and his now wife and the rest of the Tattered Flag crew, and, you know, hit it off, and he was like, hey, man, um, I want to introduce you to my buddy Ryan from Fueled by Hops. He's throwing an event later, you know, in, like, the fall, and uh, I'd love for you guys to come out if there's room you know, maybe like share a table with us or something. So I actually did not meet Ryan until the day of the, or the, I guess the pre-party for the bottle share. Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. We were just exchanging emails and uh, you know, Ryan was like, so you came highly recommended from Justin and uh, I've seen your stuff. It looks dope. So why don't you come out and uh, sling some glass? (laughs) (laughs) I gotta, I, I gotta ask and I don't really need to know the answer, but uh, am I the only one that bought a glass that day? Oh, no, no. Uh, <laughs> um, I think, I'm trying to think what the total number was at the end of the day. I want to say it was at least um, at least six or seven glasses sold. Oh, that's pretty sick. Yeah, man. It's, uh, you know, very interesting to try to understand how much is going to sell each given event. But I mean, there's literally no rhyme or reason it's, you know, depending on the, the market and the event, it's like, sometimes it's five, sometimes it's 25. I mean, there's really, there's no rhyme or reason. It's absolutely totally random. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I know that group and I know fueled by hops is one of those, uh, like, they have their own glassware, right? And they do uh, a lot of like themed stuff. Um, but they're also like branching out to not have as much like IP theft going on, which is a big thing in glassware, I think. Oh yeah, for sure. Luckily uh, not with ours because it's all hand blown versus printed stuff, but Yeah, and I think that's what really like sets your stuff apart. Um there's so many crazy designs that you guys have and there's like just 
an insane amount of variety, I think, too, right? Like, you guys have, like, not one form factor. You're not doing a bunch of the same glass. Like, it's all new all the time. Yeah, so we've got a rotation of probably, I want to say, between 29 and 40 glasses that are on the site currently that are, like, the regular roster. You can go on right now, buy it, and get it, you know, blown and shipped to you probably within like a week to 10 days. And then we have in-person stuff for different events that we try to bring some special one-off stuff uh, that is either a prototype or just a totally random, like, hey, here's this random glass I made just for this event, you know, stuff like that to kind of give people more of a unique experience. And which... You actually got one of the uh, the one-off special first of glasses. Well, now that makes me feel special. <laughs> Not <laughs> that I need cool. to feel special. I, I am the most special person in the room right now, sitting in my basement alone. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I really do. Like, I'm, I'm actually using the glass right now because I'm, you know, nerding out about glassware and it's one of my passions. The, uh, yeah, the, you, I, I think you had told me that at the festival. You're like, yeah, this is like the only one that we have. <laughs> yeah, I remember you were looking at a couple. And I was just like, listen, man, like this one is a one of brand new design prototype. This one is not. And you were like, yep, that's it. That's the one I want. Yep. <laughs> Bag it up. I'll take it. <laughs> Which I also, um, I don't remember if I told you, I the, the glass blower, Rick Barry, bird who made that was like you know i'm i made this glass and i posted a picture before sending it to you and i had a bunch of people blow me up about like yo i need that can you make more do you have more i want you know i want five i want ten whatever and he was just like shit (laughs) like i made i made one on a whim just to try something new and now i've got people blowing me up saying they want it and he's like i don't even know a hundred percent if I can recreate it or like what I did. So like, hopefully it's not a one of one, but also I kind of hope it is a one of one. So you're just like that dude who has that one glass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to definitely tag him in this. Cause I think I followed him after you, after I posted it initially, you had yeah, like, yeah, reposted yeah. it. And yeah, that's uh that's super cool though. Like that, that these pieces are, I mean, it's artwork, right? It really is. And you have this oh, like piece that somebody put a bunch of time into and really like poured their heart and soul into making that. And like the, the craftsmanship on these things is insane. Like your, your name lives up for sure. Like, I feel like I could, I said this before, I think, I feel like I could club somebody with this and like have no worries of it ever breaking. <laughs> oh, absolutely, dude. They're, they're heavy duty. I mean, as you can tell, like they're, they're thick glass, <clears throat> you know, they're very heavy. Uh, you know, each glass I would say on the simple end would probably take 45 minutes, give or take. And the more intricate customized stuff, probably anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half to make. And that's just, the crafting process there's also like a 12 hour process that uh is called annealing where after the glass is made they'll end up you know they put it into a kiln and it's like 1200 degrees and it has to go basically bake for 12 hours and that essentially just kind of hardens and tightens everything up to get it to be the finished product 
Almost like um, if you're firing, you know, some kind of pottery or something, it's kind of the same process. Right, right. Yeah. And I mean, with this stuff, especially if it's like, I don't know if the term that I want to use is food grade, but like, it's not like a vase or something that, you know, that doesn't have to be like finished on the inside. It's like every little bit of this is something that they're, you're paying attention to. And I'm sure that process is just painstaking because if, if it's too, like if it's too thin in areas or something cracks or I'm like, I can only imagine that people lose like entire pieces because something was a little bit off or that. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's, that's one thing. That I've, I've talked to, you know, obviously I, I talk to glass blowers every day. Um, that's, that's my job. So talking to them about different aspects and, you know, different craftsmanship tips or, you know, points is like basically when you know, a lot of newer dudes are coming out and they want to blow the glasses because they see, you know, it's, they're popular and you know oh i want to be a glass blower i want to make cups and you know i'll I'll meet a lot of people at beer events who will say like oh man like you know i love your company like i you inspired me to want to to blow beer glasses and the one thing i've heard from every blower is it's like you gotta walk before you run and you know it might not be the most difficult thing in glass blowing but it's one of those things where you got to start with the most simple aspects of maybe just like making a pipe or like making an attachment for a bong or something and just do that a hundred times, you know, before you move on to the next thing and eventually work your way up. Because a lot of those little things that are unrelated to cup making come into play just in the forming and shaping and the intricacies of then applying that to making cups. So for anybody out there who wants to blow beer glasses, I would 100% suggest making other stuff first and kind of learn all of the basics because in the end, everything comes together. Yeah. It seems like some, like a, like a craft that you can kind of build on, even if you're starting small or just like, even like flat pieces or, you know, things that are uh, maybe more like artistic style, but it's it, yeah. You're you're talking about like the these size. Like I'm holding this thing, and it's literally like <laughs> you know, 15 inches tall or something like that. Or well, maybe not that much. Maybe like 12 inches tall. And you're talking about individually like making the the uh, rings around the bottom or like the body in the middle there, and all of that coming together in one piece has to be just like painstaking, right? Yeah. Um... <laughs> So Bird is known for his larger glasses. He's uh, his are always definitely on the the bigger side. I would say probably at least nineteen to twenty ounces, um, and just larger than life. You know, that's kind of his style. And the the rings that you mentioned, those are actually called Marias. Just for a little educational nerd <laughs> tidbit there, yeah. Um, so, and actually the process of creating these, uh, basically for anybody interested as well as yourself, I'm sure. Um, so from start to finish, you know, essentially the glass blower will start with a section of tubing, um, like a hollow tubing of a specific gauge. Every blower uses different gauges. Some prefer thinner, some prefer thicker, and essentially they will pre-measure the section of tubing to get it to where 
they know like I need this much glass to make this shape, you know, just through trial and error practice, whatever. And essentially they'll put that onto a lathe like you'd use in woodworking. Um, and uh, they will attach a smaller rod onto the other, like one of the ends of it to attach to the other part. And, you know, essentially the, the tube spins on the lathe and they've got the torch to heat sections, which then allows them to, you know, obviously blow to, you know, increase the size and create some of the bubbles or just widen sections. And then they use different graphite tools to kind of taper and create Maria's or, you know, different kind of slants or angles or whatever in the glass. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely a process, you know, like you said, you, you go a little too far with it and you could, you could probably push through or make it too narrow or make it uneven or blow it out too much. And then you've just got like a big wonky orb or something, you know, there's, there's definitely a lot of room for error. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that kind of, I mean, the, the glass that I have, the one I'm looking at right now is like, there, there are a couple of places where it's not 100% symmetrical. And okay. I, I, I mean, it kind of like sells it for me because like, I, I know that that means that it was hand blown and it was, you know, somebody painstakingly put in the work to make it look this way, you know, that kind of thing. And I mean, it's, it, it almost is like perfect looking up and down on it, but there's like, you turn it a little bit or like that kind of thing. You see where it's, it's definitely man-made. It's definitely hand, you know, done. You're not just buying a, not standard a cookie pint, cutter piece. Yeah. You're not buying a standard pint glass or, you know, a branded pint glass from a brewery or something like that. Like that's very yeah, cool. It's what, um, it's, you know, honestly, so you're my favorite type of, uh, customer that is in that because, it's basically a 50% divide. Uh, you've got half of people who want it to look exactly the same as the photo. And if it's taller or thinner or fatter or the, the Maria's are wider or, oh, this one's kind of flat and that was round. I mean, they'll just, they'll hate it or they'll want, oh, that doesn't look like that. And then you get the other 50% of people who want something unique to them so they can have their own piece that's special. And it's not, a, you know, essentially every piece is a snowflake, you know, it's going to be a little bit different, even if it's a minor, minor variation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess. So next I want to talk about how this all started for you, because I, I mean, are you a glass blower? I guess. Well, I am not. I am. I'm just a fan who, noticed uh a lack of something in the market and uh kind of just did my thing to make it all come together so you're out there grinding for these artists <laughs> to to really have like a place to showcase their work right yeah so thick boys started with my ex-business partner um in <clears throat> i want to say june yeah, it was june of last year during the pandemic and uh there was a few glass blowers that we'd noticed just online doing this, like maybe one or two dudes. And we were both just blown away. You know, I gotten very heavily into, as I'm sure you are beer trading and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's actually how we met was uh, through trading 450 North. <laughs> and 
and then you know we we just started talking oh man did you see this this guy's glasses that you know he blows they're like they're crazy and and then it turned into like a weekly thing where we would like both go on etsy and like scour for like hand-blown beer glasses trying to see if either of us could find anything like cool or whatever and you know initially the market was but the whole supply and demand was just completely imbalanced. It was like the demand was insane. And there was a couple guys doing it who were only producing a few. And it was typically through auctions. So you'd end up paying like $400 for a beer glass. Wow. And, you know, like I'm not saying that these guys weren't, you know, good at what they do and they're not craftsmen because they absolutely are. And, you know, I just, unfortunately, myself, and I think a majority of people can't and won't spend that on a beer glass. Sure, sure. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's not very consumer friendly. So we kind of talked, like, you know, about this. I had the idea. I was like, what if we just, what if we can find somebody else to do this and essentially just start a business doing wholesale retail you know like we'll buy wholesale and then sell it for retail prices and you know like literal basic business and he was like yeah cool whatever i'm down and you know we found jason hatfield that was the original thick boys blower he's still on the team today he's uh he's become a good friend of mine and you know, to, to summarize it, long story short, Jason joined the team, um, and then a couple other guys joined the team through word of mouth, and uh, it just over time, it has become now an artist collective of seven different glass blowers all across the country. Um, let's see, Nevada, California, Oregon, Mississippi, Atlanta, um, all these guys blow their glasses uh sell through me thick boys as a distributor and like you said i i give them a, a way to showcase their pieces and network in a completely different market than they're used to because all of them pretty much started making uh pipes and bongs and different smoking accessories so I kind of just bridged the gap between the beer industry and the hand-blown glass industry and just utilize my connections on both sides. And I mean, and that, the rest is history. That's just incredible though. Like that, that nothing, there's really nothing like that other than like direct from the supplier. I mean, you mentioned 450 North and they work with glass blowers. And I, I mean, they, they have some of those like branded glasses and stuff like that. Have you, I mean, I guess are any of your artists involved with that type of stuff? Um, so no, that is one of the original artists or blowers that kind of inspired us actually does the glasses for 450 North. That was another one of the ones where we kind of saw, hey, this is pretty dope, you know, like I want these. But again, the price point was was higher and it was just something that was more difficult to get, um, you know, because of limited availability. So that's kind of where we got the idea of the branding uh, aspect, you know, and working with different breweries. But rather than just sticking with one brewery, you know, we knew, like, we want to work with as many breweries as we can. Yeah, yeah. To, because we don't really have that, the hype 
end of stuff on our end, you know, it's not really like we don't go for the super limited like FOMO kind of vibe on us. Like we like to make stuff available for people. You know, that's why we have the website. You can go buy a glass right now. But when we do brewery projects, that's where the hype limited edition FOMO kind of element comes in because there's only 10 usually. And, you know, you think about how many followers or fans these breweries have, and there's only 10 pieces available. Yeah, that That's definitely, get. <laughs> yeah, it definitely ramps up from there. I'm sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I noticed recently you guys just did one with, uh, adroit theory or adroit theory. I don't know how you say it. Out no, of- I'm not sure on how to pronounce it either, but, <laughs> <laughs> Good. but yeah. glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah. We're working with them. Um, Marco is super cool. We've been in talks for about a month or two. Um, and they were just like, you know, um, we, we're kind of in the middle of nowhere. So like we have a huge online following, but we don't have a ton of like foot traffic and locals. So they were like, you know, kind of trying to figure out how many to order. So currently we're doing a pre-sale with them, which is something we've never done before. And we're kind of just, you know, hey, we're going to make a limited amount up to 10. And, you know, here's your chance to get them. If anybody wants them, buy them now because, you know, once once the order is placed, that's it. So, so again, creating uh, that hype, you know. Yeah, man. That's, I think that's where, you know, a lot of people, we live in that culture where people now are, oh, I want that thing I can't have. Or, you know, that thing that's hard to get and it's like, you know, I I think Thick Boys was kind of the, the anti-hype model in the beginning. But obviously, you know, certain markets, you got to do that. And I think with the brewery projects, it's the perfect way to do it. Because that means you're going to be one of 10 people to have a glass that is from your favorite brewery. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, you're not, you're not like supplying the mug club where they have 500 members at, you know, like wherever the brewery is, that kind of thing. It's, it's way more hype than that. And that Adroit Theory oh, yeah. <laughs> glass is super fucking dope. Like I, I'm a big metalhead, and obviously they're, oh, yeah. they lean into that, that culture. Right. And their artwork is just like, I, I followed them for a while on Instagram. It's probably been at least like two years at this point. They've only been around for like three or four years. Right. And yeah. Yeah. So like, Every once in a while, I'll get on their website and I'll be like, man, I could really just order three cases of beer, just have it shipped right to the house, you know, type of thing. Cause they do ship to PA <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. I want to go visit the brewery first. And I, we haven't been down there yet, but, uh, definitely a, a place that's on my short list to check out. Uh, oh, when, yeah. when you guys do collabs like that, is it more like, uh, just over the phone or email type of thing? Or do you actually like show up and like brainstorm or. I mean, you guys do some decent traveling, right? I mean, oh my god, decent is a, is a <laughs> uh, man. I, I <laughs> so it depends on the brewery. There's been a, a few that we've either met prior to working together, or met kind of randomly and then started working together. Um, you know, or you know, some of them we might do a project and then meet later. Uh, it, it really is totally random. Um, kind of just thinking off the top of my head, you know, we always, we always try to at least get to the brewery, you know, get to meet them face to face. Uh, in the very beginning, 
uh, we would pretty much bring like a Pelican case with like some demo pieces just to kind of show up and do almost like a door to door salesman kind of vibe. <laughs> like, Hey, these are my wares. Come, come sample them. <laughs> you know, just cause it's a, it was a new thing. And it was something that was not widely known. Like it was, we weren't the first to do it, but I think in a lot of ways we're the best to do it just in terms of the way it's being done and how we're getting it out to people and how much travel and you know, the fact that we've been everywhere and we continue to do so. And you guys, are, and you guys have a pretty damn decent online presence too. I mean, thank you, man. <laughs> I uh, try. You guys have what, like uh, 10,000 followers on Instagram or something like that. I mean, that's not a small yes. task. You getting, can actually put links in your 11. story. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's, um, the mark that you've made it to 11,000. Um, and honestly, dude, that's just, I think it's in part number one to the fact that we obviously we're trying to work with as many breweries that have become our friends as possible. And I can't thank them enough for the, just the support that we've gotten from them and also the glass blowers helping, you know, it's kind of just a perfect storm and, being able to work with these different people and getting different sets of eyes from different demographics and different states and regions that we might not even have been to, you know, you work with these breweries and then they get turned on to thick boys through the brewery doing a glass, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden 2000 new people from a different state, all of a sudden start following us and they're like, Oh my God, thick boys. Like, and, you know, honestly, on that same subject, there have also been a couple couple apps that uh, we've become friends with some people, and i got to give them a shout-out. Uh, John Chili from Osner, uh, he's, he's a homie. Uh, you know, he's, he's really helped a lot. Osner has helped to put us in a bunch of different markets that we were not in uh, previously, nor would we have any way of getting there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, obviously Osner for anybody who doesn't know, you know, they handle like the beer releases and everything. I'm sure you're familiar with it. Yes. Yeah. I know, um, brew gentleman here in Pittsburgh was using them for a little while and okay. I mean, brew gentlemen, they, they do their own thing. Like they, they march to a different drum. Right. And whenever they first like worked with that system, it was very like jarring to figure okay. out what was going on because their hype releases are like thousands of people show up and just stand in line. Like that's how it okay. was. Right. And then the pandemic and, line life. Yeah. And I mean, the pandemic obviously put a kibosh on that pretty easily, but once, uh, once they got back up and running with, I thought it was Onzer, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but yeah, uh, Osner, I mean, I could, I could totally be wrong too. I have no idea. <laughs> well, they're your friend. I, I, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm friends with them. Uh, you know, in terms of the app, I don't, I don't know any of the back end. <laughs> Honestly, dude, who knows? I feel like there's some of these names are so weird sometimes. I like, like same thing with Adroit Theory or Adroid or what, you know, it's like, yeah, no one knows what the correct <laughs> pronunciation is. It's just, you just go with it. You're like, what's that word? It's just letters. I don't understand. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I get it. But yeah, that's, uh, that's super cool. Actually, those guys, uh, well, like, I mean the, the product itself, like I've used it for other releases, like, um, trying to think of who else uses them. Um, the answer or not the answer, um, Aslan, I think out of Maryland. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, they're they're getting a lot of you know. I, I'm helping. I'm trying to help them as much as I can too with my connections and just seeing if anybody that I work with might want to try to work with them. You know, to handle stuff because they also do event ticketing and you know stuff like that for anybody trying to to do a beer festival or something. Which now I'm thinking I should probably link Ryan and. And the rest of the dudes from Fueled by Hops with Osner, maybe, because they might be able to link something out together for future events. Yeah, that would be very help cool. help make things smooth, you know? <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, so everybody has their first something, right? And, oh, yeah. and that was Ryan's first festival. And I feel like it went off pretty much without a hitch. Like, there wasn't too much of a, it was a little bit of a wait to get into the place. But, I mean, like we talked about last week, they, there's, so much that can go wrong in that type of uh, event that just didn't seem like it was big a problem, you know? Yeah. I mean, I didn't actually notice any kind of thing, any of weight or anything on the outside. I, I heard a couple people say something, but obviously we were in there setting up like an hour early. So, but yeah, I mean, dude, as a first time event, I thought it went great too. You know, uh, the only, the only complaint I would have is I feel like next year, Ryan, if you hear this, get a bigger venue. Oh, that was one thing we <laughs> talked about. Like he actually, um, he came to visit me at work, uh, like the week afterwards. And he was like, he was like, yeah, we're already in talks with a couple of venues. We have a couple of ideas in mind that we're going to make it bigger, make it, uh, he was like, yeah, I realized that spirits, a concert venue. And like, when you're there for a concert, there's no tables. And oh, he's like, yeah. he's like, we didn't factor in the space for the tables. And I was like, that, that makes sense. Uh, so <laughs> like, I mean, I don't want to give away all of his secrets and I hope he's not mad at me for saying that, but like, that's, that's one of those things that like, you don't really think about the space in terms of putting more shit in there. <laughs> oh yeah. You're just thinking, Oh cool. You know, 500 people or 800 people. That's the capacity. Great. Awesome. So we can get this many people. And then you, you think about, well, shit, there's jockey boxes and, you know, fucking tables and chairs and dump buckets. And, and yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, it's like, I mean, I don't know that that is being the biggest gripe was that it was a little crowded at a beer festival is like, you know, going to the gas station and saying that, you know, gas is too expensive. Like it just yeah. happens. Okay. You have to deal with it. Oh, hundred percent. That's what I mean. All for all intents and purposes, I thought it was great. And you know, it was only my second time in Pittsburgh. So definitely a cool city. And, uh, I, I already told Ryan, listen, anytime you guys have any event, whether it's cookie table or something else, count us in. That's it's awesome. Fun. That's, that's great to hear too. Cause like, I mean, you guys are, you got like, they're just so damn cool. The glasses are incredible. And I mean, I'm one of those guys that I collect a bunch of the IP theft, you know, weird, Oh yeah, like just regular glasses. And I mean, I, I honestly can say that I have probably 500 plus glasses. Oh man, you got me beat. <laughs> um, yeah, it's ridiculous. And I mean, I'll send you a picture of like my, so I have shelves in my living room that have the glasses on it. And that's just like my, I want to display them glasses and yours has a spot okay. all on its own. Don't worry about that. But, <laughs> the, um, but yeah, overall it's like the whole culture of glassware I got real into and I've just never stopped. Like I have all the tasters from all the festivals that I've been to. I have just an insane amount of like brewery glasses. Cause 
when I was like, before I moved back to Pittsburgh, we'd go out to places and I'd be the only person drinking craft beer. And like the beer reps would be like, Oh yeah, here, have this glass, have that glass. Like, and just handing shit out. And I mean, they're all just boring pint glasses with the logo on them or whatever, but I've never thrown anything away. So (laughs) it's, it's really added up to just an insane amount. And they're like, people know, I can imagine people know that I collect glasses. So now they're like, Oh yeah, let me get you this. Like I I went to, or a buddy of mine lived out in, lived in Texas, but he was visiting Denver and like, he got me an outer range glass and a couple of other, like just random ones from the area. And I was like, cool, this is great. You know, whatever. And some of them are like, just my daily drinker glasses or I, what I call the outside glass, you know? Cause like, I don't usually take glasses with me anywhere, but if, you know, if I'm sitting out on the back deck, I don't want to be drinking out of a plastic cup. So I have a couple of glasses that are just like, if it breaks, so be it. But you know, you have your, your daily drinkers, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> Honestly, dude, <laughs> I'm that asshole who my daily drinkers have turned into fucking hand-blown glasses now <laughs> well i mean you like, have the capacity to do that though right i mean i would hope <laughs> yeah i mean dude it's it's funny it's just it's like they've turned into and it's they haven't lost their luster or anything for me they're still dope and i still from time to time see glasses and i'm like yeah i need that don't even don't even post a picture like i want it like send it to me you know and, <laughs> and it's just it's hard because when it becomes so available now, it's like, like, I mean, I am just using them for like water, you know, like I'll, I'll have like my random nighttime glass for water at my bedside table. And it's a fucking $200 hand blown glass. It's just, <laughs> but also then there's, you know, the, the fear, like I sleep with a fan at night and like, I'm always worried I'm going to knock the fan over and fucking just shatter a glass or something, you know, and there's, so that still does run through my mind sometimes. Right, right. Yeah, I uh, I have a dog, and she's a little bit of a terrorist, and so she, uh, yeah, like that's one of those things where I'm like, okay, if I'm going to be using the glass, I'm going to do it while I'm, you know, starting my drinking, and then I'm going to taper off into one of the I don't care about it glasses. So my wife's always like, I don't want to wash two glasses. So if you use two, wash the one and put it back, and then go on to the next one. Because like if I if I leave something in the sink overnight, she bitches at me because you know I use too many glasses in one night. But <laughs> and she won't clean yours. I'll say that she will not clean this glass because she's she's like I can't get down low enough to like scrub the inside and all that. And I'm like I have a oh, bottle yeah. cleaner, you know, like I have one of those brushes that goes in and I clean with that. But that's what I was just gonna say. <laughs> Definitely use like a baby bottle brush. And I always say like when you're done drinking the beer. Like, as soon as you're done, get some, like, scolding hot water and clean it immediately. Yeah. You know, because I just feel like if you do that, you're you're set. And also, like, not many people know this. Everyone's afraid for anyone with a dishwasher. They are dishwasher safe. Oh, see, I... completely... You're good, you know? <laughs> I, I still won't do it, though. I, I have my... <laughs> I like... <laughs> <laughs> and that's not to say that I, I couldn't do it. Like, I, I mean, I definitely can. I have a dishwasher. It go, like everything goes in there, but there are very few things that I will hand wash. And my copper pots are one and my glassware is number two. 
Um, yeah, I, I I totally get it. You know, I mean, I I understand it's it's one of those things that you don't want to risk it. It's just. But, you know, honestly, man, like I said, I I I do mine. I just risked it at one point. You know, I was like, fuck it. I don't care. Like, what what's the worst? I used a glass that was maybe not one of my favorites. You know, like something that I kind of have gotten over with time. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Something happens, it happens. Right. You just kind of yeah. send it and figure out what happened, you know? <laughs> oh, one other thing I had, too, I was going to do a little quick shout-out was uh, for anyone who, I do as well, if you're not familiar, the Beer Discovery app. I would definitely suggest downloading Beer Discovery. Um, you know, those dudes are awesome as well. Another, another one of those <clears throat> uh, organizations that we became close with like very early on and they are just, I mean, they're doing cool shit. It's, it's pretty much like untapped meets Instagram. Um, they do a lot of, you know, beer releases and just information in the industry on, you know, like events. I, I don't know. I'm, I, they do a lot of cool stuff for anybody not familiar. Definitely download beer discovery. It's worth it. Um, you know, they also um, are doing a lot of different beer events as well, and they're pouring. Typically, they always have the most hype stuff. <laughs> like at, at Snallygaster this year in Washington, D.C., they had, hands down, the best beer of the event, and they were two-tenths over from us. So, like, the whole time, I was like, hey, watch the table. I'm going to go over here and just all crazy BA stuff that's been sold out for like months, you know, and just super good. And honestly too, somebody who's a little famous in the industry, uh, microbrew Kings window seat. Will. Yeah. He's uh yeah. He's one of the founders of beer discovery. Oh, no way. Okay. Yeah. That's, that yeah. might be where I've heard of it from because I do follow him on Instagram and he's a riot. Um, Oh yeah, dude. Will's the man. They, yeah. So Equilibrium was pouring at Good Vibes the last time I went. And of course, like we were watching their table and anytime Will would leave the table, he would come back with like mag bottles of crazy shit. That, oh, dude, like, every fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My buddy said that he went up to Equilibrium like this was probably like three or four years ago, maybe like when they were, you know, like just at the peak of their hype. And mm-hmm. he was like, yeah the bottle share to get into the brewery was enough for me. Like I didn't even have to go in and buy beer. Like I just drank and then I left (laughs) and yeah, will, I guess Will's out there like popping bottles and just like anything he could get his hands on. He was like sharing and drink. Like it was just, he said it was just like the most fun I've ever had in the line. (laughs) Dude. Yeah. Will we, I met Will through the tripping animal dudes um, at Irie Jungle earlier this year, and literally upon meeting him, it was as though we'd like known each other for years. It was just the weirdest, like instant homie co- like connection. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then he invited us to come to Free the Whales a few months later, and was like, I was like, well, who do I need to talk to? And he's like, me. And I was like, oh, cool. He's like, yeah, you're, you're invited. Come down. And I was like, all right. <laughs> and, you know, just from there, it's just been one of those things where, you know, I just, I see him pretty much every beer event I'm at, and which is almost every event that happens. 
<laughs> so it's another thing I will say too. I don't know for anybody who's not familiar, Will is uh, is open or just opened. Yeah, uh, a new brewery, Dream State. Yes, yeah, I, I just heard about that. Um, it, they're out of Florida, right? Like he's in Florida now. Yeah, yeah, he, he's down in the Miami area. Um, I had the pleasure of trying one of his beers. Uh, it was a stout. It was fire, obviously. Yeah, I, I can't. <laughs> Uh, I was at Pastry Town um, a couple weeks ago, and he was pouring. And you know, it's, I'm just stoked to see. I'm stoked to see that he's doing something new, and it's his his new baby. You know what I mean? I'm I'm excited to see what's gonna happen, where he's gonna take it, and and actually, we've got a a one off glass that we're making just for Will, uh, kind of as like a celebratory gift. For opening up the new spot, which is actually at Sandblasting now, so I'm sure that'll be circulating through photos sooner than later. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, he uh, he just seems like one of those most genuine people on the planet. Like, hundred <laughs> percent, dude. He's it's crazy. You know, it's like uh, there's my my grandma is is that type of person who's just like would you know the sweetest person who would never hurt a fly and never judge anyone or do anything and i'm just like damn will is like the cool male version of my grandma like <laughs> as weird as that sounds i'm just like you're like the nicest most chill dude i've ever met like just not just an so angry genuine. bone in his body at all yeah. oh yeah dude <laughs> i mean dude, another crazy piece of uh beer news which i don't know how many people are familiar with uh dave the head brewer from urban south houston uh, actually is leaving or has already left and is opening up his new spot in San Diego. Oh, is that the one you posted uh, in your yeah, story yeah. today? It's called Seek Seek Brewing Company. Yeah, yeah, okay. I didn't realize yeah, he was I, from uh, Urban South. Okay. Yeah, so he, he's the head brewer from Urban, Houston, Urban South Houston. And he, um, I messaged him, I don't remember about something like a week or two ago. And I was just like, Hey man, like, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like whatever I had to talk to him about. And he was like, Oh, I'm, he's like, yeah, I'm leaving urban and moving to San Diego. And I was like, what? Like what? <laughs> like, <I'm, laughs> you can't just drop like, this yeah. on me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm opening up my own spot. And I was like, Oh, that's random. And he's like, well for you, maybe, but like, it's, it's been planned. <laughs> it's like true <laughs> fair <laughs> but no I, you know i'm excited that's another thing dude i'm excited to see what he's gonna end up doing you know and where where he's gonna take it because i think urban is another one of those breweries that kind of like out of nowhere just exploded onto the scene within the last year you know what i mean yeah. And I think, I mean, you get a lot of that in the industry where like stuff pops up all of a sudden and then is like the, the household name that it should be like right away. Oh yeah. It's crazy, man. <laughs> I'm like, and it was funny is, you know, obviously through all of these breweries that I've met and become friends with now I've, you know, I get to talk to them about stuff and I don't know what happened. Like, I don't know what was in the water, but like, it seems like between two and four years ago, there must've just been some kind of crazy, like, Hey, we're all going to start brewing beer really well. 
Right. Because, I mean, like, there's so many breweries right now that are, like, in my opinion, some of the best breweries doing it across the nation that have all been around for, like, between two and four years. Yeah. No, I, I get that vibe as well. Um, in Pittsburgh specifically, I mean, obviously, we're we're based out of Pittsburgh. We don't do a whole ton of traveling. But when we do, we're trying every possible brewery that we can find. Absolutely. And, like, in Pittsburgh specifically, the – um there's like three older and I, I hate to say older because they're really only like seven years in or something like that. Yeah. Um, but like, like you're saying though, like uh, the three that I'm thinking of are, are Gris house uh, hitchhiker and brew gentlemen all opened mm-hmm. like the same weekend. What the- yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. They really did. Cause every year it's, Brew Gentleman's anniversary, Grist House anniversary, and Hitchhiker's anniversary all on Memorial Day weekend. Oh, shit. Yeah, so it's just a massive fucking party. But the crazy thing about that is then then you had, like, the new class, like, three years later. So there's a bunch. I mean, like, once those three were established uh, after, like, a couple of years— everybody else just rolled into town. So you're talking that, like, on the longer end of the four-year— uh, anniversary, but yeah, like Dancing Gnome just celebrated. Okay, four yeah, years. that was one of the ones I remember you telling me about. I was asking about some spots to hit in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, and then and then there's the newer players, like the ones that have opened in the past year, year and a half, that are also killing it. But like Old Thunder is one that just opened last year, right around this mm. time last year, and they are putting out some of the best beer in Pittsburgh. Like it's nuts. It's, it's fucking insane, bro. That like, there's, uh, it's it's wild to see these breweries, uh, you know, that are all at this certain level where there's just like national a national following, and then you're like, oh, it's our third anniversary, fourth anniversary, second anniversary, right? Like, what the fuck, like, <laughs> and then breweries that pop up that are like, like you're saying, like newer, newer, like. Like, even, for example, Fidens. I feel like Fidens is one of those breweries that popped up. They're so small still. And, I mean, I could totally be wrong. And maybe I'm an idiot. I'm uneducated. But as far as I know, Fidens is, like, very new. Like, a year or two. And I have friends in the industry who are saying, like, yeah, they make better IPAs than other half. Yeah. Yeah. That's- and I'm just like, I'm like, that's a bold statement. You know what I mean? To, to put that stance, like, like, okay. And just uh, and flat out, like, it's just, yeah, they're beer. better. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you drink their beer and you're like, shit, okay, this is, this is really good. Like, this is making me remember why I loved IPAs in the first place. Like, yes, exactly. Well, and, and Fiden's, it, I'm pretty sure they just celebrated their first year, maybe a month ago or two. Okay. So you're yeah, right. I yeah, were, I thought they were very young. I couldn't remember the exact number. But you have to get there at like 8 p.m. the night before to get beer on Saturday. <laughs> like it's nuts. And I mean, Dude, I remember uh, that. I remember that hype train from. I mean, now I sound like I'm, you know, 75. But yeah, you're dating yourself. I remember when you know we would stand in Back line in uphill both ways in the snow. You know, but <laughs> <laughs> but like. Pre-pandemic, right? The line share was probably 70% of the day. And then being at the brewery was the other 30%. Yeah. 
Like, and there were so many like just silly beers available at 6 a.m. waiting for the hype sour or the, you know, whatever the new double was at dancing. Yeah, like a yeah. Like the bottle releases, the crazy, like now it's like, I can wake up at 9 a.m. on Wednesday and order a barrel aged lads from equilibrium and have it shipped right to my door. Like <laughs> totally cool guys. I got it. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> but the, you miss out on some of that though. Like you really do miss out on the culture of the hype train. And I don't know about you, but I'm one of those people that I absolutely have FOMO about any kind of beer. Like if it's a new brew, I like, I just want to know about it. You know, <laughs> dude, I have FOMO over that. And not only, not only the beers, but also any event. I mean, that's, that's part of the reason too, why we traveled as much as we did this year is because I didn't want to miss a beer festival. Yeah. And I was like, it gets to a point where like, okay, I can't physically do everything, but I'm going to do my damnedest to hit as many as I can. I think we hit 14. Damn. All, all over the country. That's incredible. Um, um, we were going to go to Snally this year and dude, I, go next year. Yeah, well, my buddy, right like, now. so my buddy's girl was like, Hey, um, we're only going if we get VIP because it, apparently it's just like, all the good shit is gone by the time the regular event starts. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, they had candy on this year, which was like a fucking dude. It was like a mad dash. I mean, I was at my booth watching them let people in. And there was just this fucking crowd of people. Looked like a goddamn fucking marathon. of just people running to get to the booth. And I was like, I just sent my buddy. I was like, you need to go get us candy on right now because if you don't, <laughs> it will be gone. Yeah. And that's why she was like, yeah, we're getting VIP next year. I don't care. We'll, we'll get them the day they go on sale. We're going to go down, have a good weekend, you know, all that. So yeah, we're definitely planning on that one next year. hundred um, percent, dude. I, I can tell you it was the biggest beer festival I've ever been to. I think they had over 8,000 people. Oh my God. And it's outdoors, uh, had, right? It's, it's literally on Pennsylvania Avenue. They that's shut down like four blocks of Pennsylvania Avenue. That's like, insane. I, I want dude, to be it, there. You literally, you can just <laughs> see the Capitol building. Like it's, it's fucking nuts, dude. And not only that, but the lineup is crazy. They had good music. They had food vendors that were off the chain. And you know, not only that, but it's just, I don't know if you ever go to music festivals, but it almost had that kind of a music festival vibe. You know what I mean? Because it was so big and so many people. Yeah. Yeah. And just so much going on. I mean, I would highly recommend it to anybody. Um, but I think VIP is probably the way to go. Like you're saying, plus dude, even the pre-party and after parties and stuff, it's, it was definitely a wild weekend. <laughs> I believe it. That's one of those <laughs> things where you get to play up the industry card. You're like, yeah, I'm in the industry. I'm going to hang out at the, uh, <laughs> the bottle share the night before, you know, <laughs> oh, dude, that's what, you know, the uh, the one thing I will say is the Stanley Gaster pre-party bottle share was a little insane. It was <laughs> so many people in this little, like, balcony suite room at one of the restaurant groups, buildings that they owned, and it was just like, when I first got there, I just looked at my buddy and I was like, Jesus Christ, this is, this is a lot. And <laughs> like, we're going to die. <laughs> luckily it, it cleared out like within an hour but i mean 
Dude, I think there was like four magnums of Cantillon that somebody just had. <laughs> there was uh, some random like three liter bottle of mead that was just like unlabeled. Like don't even know where it came from or anything. Just like, oh, okay. Like it was a whole <laughs> fucking thing. It's um, toilet mead. Somebody made it in prison. You know that. <laughs> Which I, I was going to say as well, back to Will, talking about Magnums, there is a video somewhere floating around of me kneeling and Will doing a Magnum pour of some kind of garage not like mead into my mouth. <laughs> and then there is also a video of me getting iced at the same event from Rossi Mortalis at the Mortalis uh, third year anniversary party. So, Oh man, two, two super fun videos of me kneeling. If anybody's <laughs> interested, just, I'm sure you'll see them at some point. Yeah, no, I'll find them for sure. I, um, <laughs> <laughs> we actually hit Mortalis for the first time this year. We were up in uh, the finger lakes for a weekend. Oh, hell yeah, dude. yeah. We went to other half and that their location up there is so fucking sick. Like, dude, I've never been it's, to that location. It's nuts because, like, there's never anybody there. Like, they had a really, yeah, it was weird because, like, we went on Saturday and they're dog friendly. So, we had our dog with us. We took her and she was an absolute nightmare the whole time because she was just barking. Because, <laughs> I mean, she wants to meet everyone. And once she meets you, then she's cool. But, okay. If, like, we don't take her over to the, the table that just showed up, she just barks the whole time. So we were like giving her like <laughs> CBD treats and trying to knock her ass out. And like, so we're sitting there at other half and they're like, oh yeah, we're doing a side project, uh, tap takeover oh. tomorrow. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> like, You're like, oh, okay. Like fucking sign me up. Jesus right. Christ. And we were leaving Sunday early, but like we had to check out of the hotel by like 10 AM or whatever. And yeah. so they were like, yeah, we're opening a little bit early tomorrow at like 11. You should stop by tomorrow. We'll have all this side project on tap. And I was like, well, <laughs> fuck me. I'm going to definitely do that. <laughs> so, can I extend my checkout, please? <laughs> right. <laughs> Guys, we're just going to leave at like 11. Okay. Is that all right? Like, no, they, but like the, the, the one bartender like recognized like, well, she like knew us by the dog because we were there like for four hours or something. And yeah. So we come up the next day and she's bartending again and she's like, Oh, Hey guys, uh, let me get you all the side. <laughs> like we did a, basically like a flight. I did half pours of all the side project stuff. And oh, then, yeah. and then I was like, uh, Sarah, you need to drive the first half home and then <laughs> I'll drive the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Cause they had like a couple of barrel aged stouts. They had a, um, uh, what was it? It was a Belgian wit, but it was like a, it was a sour, Oh, okay. And like, I didn't realize that it was a sour beer because I read the description and I was like, hmm, this seems like it would be very good. And it was like nine and a half percent or something like that. So she got that because she likes Belgians and she got a full pour of that. And I got like the small pours of everything else. And, and so like, she's not a huge fan of sour. So I had to finish that. (laughs) Um, You had to. uh, Yeah. I was really twist, twist my fucking arm. Um, (laughs) But yeah, they, But they did a, yeah, they had a collab that they did that they released that day. It was a bottle and I grabbed that, obviously. Um, Man, the side project is something else, though. Dude, that's what I'm trying. It was the weekend of Pastry Town. Uh, I was was up in Portland, Maine a couple weeks prior and we met uh, one of the bartenders at Definitive, uh, 
was he was just randomly bartending and like we just kind of hit it off and ended up chilling with the dude like the whole fucking time and he was like talking to me about the side project anniversary that you know just happened what a week or two ago and basically i was like torn between okay am i gonna go to pastry town like i was waiting to hear if i was gonna be able to vend or not and it was like Am I going to go to Pastry Town or am I going to go to the side project anniversary? Because they're <laughs> the same fucking weekend. And, you know, we ended up going to Pastry Town, which was a fucking blast. Like, other half really knows how to do a beer festival. That's another one, dude, I would say. If if you're able to, I would say definitely go to Green City this year. Um, I want to say it's in April. It's like their IPA festival. Yeah. I would say that that, um, just be, if it's anything as good as Pastry Town, it's going to be a fucking blast. But, yeah, moral of the story, uh, I was between Side Story Anniversary or Pastry Town, and Side Story is only, uh, I think it's only like four or five hours, uh, Side Project, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I got it's, you. <laughs> it's only, yeah, it's only fucking four or five hours for me, so like, in theory, would have been a way better easier drive to go to side project than it would have been to drive 11 hours to brooklyn wow you drove yeah because it was so last minute a flight was like 450 dollars, and i was like between this and then needing to get around in the city and shit like i'm i'm good i'll just fucking drive and i do that's a thing i'm so used to driving because i have to bring all my glass right right yeah that makes sense and it's like i i can fly but like Usually we'll fly southwest because you get two free check bags, but then you got to worry about the people loading the fucking the bags and shit onto the plane, and you don't want to you don't want anything to break or whatever. But then also shipping shit is just as shady because then you got some asshole who might fucking throw the box down and not care. Right. So it's like it's it's a real fucking gamble, and I don't like to play with that that game. So I'd say anything that's fourteen hours or under. Will usually drive. Wow, that's uh, that's some dedication right there. I I gotta say, like we we drove to. No, I'm sorry. No, we flew to Boston when we went up to Boston a couple years ago, and my brother was living there at the time. So I like you know he was like, oh yeah, just take me to work, and then you can have the car for the day and that kind of thing, and it worked out. But oh yeah, but like man, the uh, he's driven from Boston to Pittsburgh a couple of times. And it's like just a nightmare of a drive because there's not really like a direct route. Okay. And like you take 80 pretty much across the state and then you hit North, you know, and like, it's, it was just a pain in the ass, but he was like, yeah, I stopped at Treehouse and, you know, shot down from okay. Treehouse. It's like a nine and a half hour drive or something from Treehouse, And, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's not like a weekend trip though. That's like, you know, you're going to be in town for a week and a half or something like that. You know, if you're driving that way, like I, I understand doing it for like the festivals and stuff like that. I, I can understand being in and out of town. Like we went to Richmond for a day okay, and it was five hours down, five hours back in the same day. And we got home at like 1am and my wife looks at me and goes, never again. <laughs> Like it was just such a long day. We went down for the Vales anniversary, uh, two was it three years ago now? Jesus. And oh fuck yeah, dude. That was super cool. Like that I I love the Vale. But yeah, it was it was a dope like day trip, but it was one of those things like we we looked at each other and I was like, Yeah, I'll just call off work and we can just go down. 
And we should have gotten a hotel room for the night and like drove back in the morning. (laughs) Yeah. I always try to, if we're going to do one of those kind of drives, it's always like a try to get there like the night before and then try to stay like obviously the day of, and then if money and time will allow stay at least an extra day, you know? So it's like at least like a full weekend just to justify it. Um, Yeah. But no, I was, yeah. (laughs) I'm actually speaking of the veil fucking dark days. Right. Is this week, uh, you know, all those fucking crazy stouts that they're doing. (laughs) Always. Which, which I will tell you, man, uh, I tried, one of the Wang Doodle stouts. Let me see which one it was. It was like a cinnamon roll. I'm gonna actually check right now on their Instagram because oh my god, dude, it was. I, I hit up my buddy Hector, uh, who works at the Vale, because I was like, "So, like, what are the odds that you can like get me some of these fucking stouts?" And he was like, "Depends on what it is, but probably." And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna need at least fucking one." I mean, dude, it was. It tasted like if you took a Cinnabon and put it in a bottle. Oh my God. (laughs) I was like, okay, like this is fucking stupid. I'm sitting here looking at, uh, 11th hour is a brewery around here and they did, uh, their annual, um, anniversary release is called burn your suit. And they aged it in cinnamon and vanilla. Oh Jesus. And it was, it, it, it's fucking incredible. It was like one of the best variants this year. And I got two bottles of it. So I have one to age and one to drink now. And now I'm sitting here going, maybe I should just, you know, put this in the mail for you. Cause <laughs> that, I mean, it, it's fucking great. Like they're, oh. they're like their stouts are some of the most underrated in the city and it's criminal. Cause like they were still available the week after. And I was like, man, do I need more bottles? You're like, should I just buy like a bunch more? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I, uh, next time I come through Pittsburgh, I'll have to bring a couple of my BA bottles that I'm just sitting on because, uh, that's one of the things, one of the perks of, I guess, being in the industry is when I was at Stanley Gaster next to the Beer Discovery guys, they just had like several fucking totes filled with different BA stouts and sours and fucking like everything. And, and I mean, I think I ended up taking home like five bottles of, there's a, a couple of a veil stout, a mortalis BA sour, uh, an ology corporate ladder stout that sold out in like March. I want to say just, and it was like a cake batter fucking stout, <laughs> which dude, I mean, it literally tastes like birthday cake. It's the fucking, it's one of these things you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, like I don't even know. <laughs> why are you doing you this it, but, <laughs> but yeah like so i'm like but that's the thing though right now i'm sitting here with these fucking stouts that like i could sit here and crack them and fucking drink them alone any minute of any day but right. i'm like but i'm like i don't want to do that because they're so fucking good like i want to share this with some i mean you know what it's like you know oh, you want to i, like, I want to drink it because it's so good but i'm like Oh God, I got to wait to share this with a homie or something because it's like, it's that good. And I know like for someone who's never had it, you know, being able to be like, holy shit. Like, yeah, yeah. That's so, oh, (sighs) it's so insane too, because like I have ones that like weren't even that great. 
but I got two bottles of it or you had to buy two or something like that. And it's like, oh yeah, you know, but I mean, it's still good enough to share. Like, it's not like I'm, I'm hurting somebody by giving them a good beer. It's just like, you want to split it up amongst as many people as you can, because I'm not going to sit here and solo dome a fucking, uh, seven fifty bottle on a Tuesday <laughs> just because it's in my basement, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> But like my I mean, family well, gets into it, like my obviously my brother Alex uh, was co-host of the podcast for a long time, and uh, like we all get into like the craft beer shares and stuff like that. So like over Thanksgiving, we'll get together, we'll crack a few beers, you know that kind of thing, and yeah. we do a lot of um, like my brother lives in Virginia, so he'll bring up some stuff from his area. Like he's near uh, Devil's Backbone and like a couple other places down there, like in Lynchburg area. And so like, he'll bring some stuff up that maybe we haven't had. And I, I just collect these bottles. And I mean, because you can order stuff from out of state and have it shipped at this point for what I think is cheap. I have like a probably like six or eight, uh, equilibrium stouts that I've just like got on to the event right at the right time. And like ordered a few bottles of, and like my buddies, we have a couple of guys that obviously like we all share like four packs so we'll get like a can of each and that kind of thing. But like the, the beer trade game is insane. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I mean, you know, speaking of equilibrium, the fucking, I had one of the BA life after death star, another at pastry town. And it was just like, Oh my fucking God. Yeah, see, I just got... that was the first time I'd ever had it. Like, you know, that was a a total first for me, like, going in blind. Oh, see, that one, I got it for the first time last year because a buddy of mine told me about it. Okay. And I was like, all right, well, I mean, I I have some disposable income and I can get on the website and order it. And the shipping was like, I think it was like 30 bucks flat rate or whatever. So I got a couple of four packs too, but I ended up ordering six bottles and like the other guys in the, like that we share with, I'm like, okay, here, you know, you get a bottle, you get a bottle. We'll sell these couple other ones to make up some of the coin for what we spent. And then I would, then I drank one and I was like, well, I should probably (laughs) just not sell this other bottle. It's going to be my, uh, later on down the road bottle. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, that's the problem that you run into is you put all this money out just to like get it for friends or, you know, we all like, we have this fucking spreadsheet that's like, and it's, it's Excel. So it's like a thousand cells down by now because we've been doing this for like three years. And so we just square up every like couple weeks or whatever. And I'm like, right now I have uh, the, I ordered the lads a couple weeks ago when they first launched it, the life after death star. And then they did the peanut butter life after death star last week. Maybe that's what I had. I don't even remember what that might be the, cause I think they're doing the BA one this week. But, okay, so I think I had the peanut butter one then, yeah. I, I know I had something my buddy just walks up with it and he's like, dude, fucking try this. <laughs> and I was like, well, all right. It's pastry town, <laughs> might as well. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, that, uh, like, Equilibrium does some crazy shit. And they, I mean, it's all pretty consistently good, you know? Like, it's not maybe the most hype thing unless it's barrel aged, but like, their barrel aged stuff is fucking killer. Dude, they did a beer with Evil Twin. That was a, it was a fucking IPA, but it was like something. Of, it was like even more marshmallow laboratory or like something weird. It came out during the pandemic, and I, you know, 
I've had a couple other marshmallow IPAs and like none of it was just basically an IPA and like I didn't really get much marshmallow and I was like whatever. And dude, I fucking got this. It was like a ten point nine percent triple IPA <laughs> with with marshmallow. I swear to fucking god, dude, you take a drink and it was like, oh okay, so like there's barely the IBUs on this are so low that it's almost like li- like liquid fluff. <laughs> with a little bit of like a, a juice bomb hoppiness that drink is super dangerous because like i said it was almost an 11 percent, and you're like oh yeah okay so like if i drank like two or three of these i'm gonna be like fucked and it tastes <laughs> like melted marshmallows like fuck me yep <laughs> like oh my god dude I think I remember that one because I know I had one of their marshmallow fluff. Um, I think it was the laboratory series because they did a, they did a bunch of triples last year. Dude, I I went because I was, it was like the peak of, uh, you know, like sours and shit. And I think if memory serves, I was still living in New Jersey at the time. And my ex business partner had flown out and he'd never been to the city. So like, I was like, cool, dude, like, we'll go to Manhattan and fucking, you know, get us, like, a nice steak, we'll go to fucking uh, Evil Twin, like, whatever, maybe hit other half, you know, like, go do the whole brewery thing, and, uh, yeah, like, we ended up getting sours and shit, and we got that, and they, like, gave us to-go beers, because <laughs> it was during the pandemic, so I'm like, I'm like, alright, I'm gonna go walk to get into my car with this beer you just gave me, like, bye. <laughs> Like, is this legal now? Like, what's okay? Bye. Like, there were no rules in the pandemic. That's for me, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely, man. Oh, which, you know, another thing we're talking about saving BA stouts or even just beers in general. My, my most recent addiction has been mead and just collecting bottles of mead and brewing my own mead. Just fucking. I mean, dude, it has, I got bit so hard by this bug that I'm just like fucking addicted. Like like, I, I haven't, I haven't gone that far yet. Uh, I, I have tried mead. I've enjoyed mead and I've never really gotten to the point where I'm like, I need mead, you know? Yeah. Well, to give you some context, I, I first had it in March. It was the first time I ever had it. And it was from Honey Pot Meadery out in Anaheim. Yes. Anybody who's not familiar, they're fucking incredible. Tammy is amazing. They, they make some, some of the best shit out there. Um, I, I tried a blueberry coconut, BA mead from them. <laughs> wow. And it was, dude, and it was, I was like, oh, okay, cool, yeah, fuck beer. I'm just going to drink this from now on because this is literally <laughs> the nectar of the fucking gods. And then I met the dudes from Nectarius Meads, which they're turning the game upside fucking down by doing smoothie meads. What? Oh, dude, check them out if you have not heard about them. No. Nectarious, Nectarious Meads. All right. I am, I'm following um, them on yeah. Instagram right now. So they are the homies. They're down in Florida. Um, Seth basically noticed, basically like what Thick Boys did for the beer glass games, Seth did for this in the meat industry. He was like, you know, I can make meat already. There's people making meat but it hasn't blown up yet. And obviously smoothie beers and slushy beers is like, that's 
a thing right now, so he started making fucking smoothie slushy style meats, and I mean, <laughs> we just released a collab mead with them called Flamingo Boys. Um, it is a prickly pear coconut lime marshmallow mead. Oh my god! It is, it is bright pink. And, <laughs> I, I mean, see dude, it. I just dude, found it. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, it's to the point now where I just tell Seth, like, I'm gonna, I basically just buy a half case to a case at a time because I am obsessed with what they do and meat as a whole. Um, I mean, dude, anything from like apple pie to the one we did to, um, they did one with Black Ninja out of Richmond that was, that was their first traditional meat they've done. Um, uh, I mean, gee, they get a blue raspberry, peach cobbler, uh, dude. It's just yo insane shit. Like that glass is sick too. Oh my god, dude! So like that was their idea. They just wanted to do a real simplistic, smaller glass, like a thirteen ounce, because it was for me. You know what I mean? Right. And they didn't need a full pint. And Seth was just like, I just want something like simple. You know, like it doesn't need to be like a crazy design. And he, you know, for the for the shape of the glass. Let me clarify. And then he's like, he's like, so you can do like a full wrap, right? And I was like, yeah. So he fucking draws up the drips with the fucking B, and then no one ever posts pictures of it. But the bottom of the glass has like a hexagon, a hexagonal fucking honeycomb design sandblasted onto the bottom of the glass as well. Oh, that's that's Which incredible. Like it's, it's sick, dude. <laughs> it it turned out so fucking cool that I'm like, you know, I, I just I love these guys that much more for doing something unique and sick instead of just putting their name on it. You know what I mean? Like, right. And they're which using, I get like, obviously <sighs> it's it's branding, but I mean, fuck, dude. Like I feel like that thing is like a statement piece. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's definitely one of those like put it in the Hall of Fame type of things. That's like I love the I, I I love the frosted look like just and the way that the color of the beverage shows through the clear glass too yeah yeah it, it's, and yeah it, wow that's just fucking uh, insane <laughs> but uh, no to to give you an idea like I was saying with me man I essentially started with Honeypot then met the dudes from Nectarius and this last week I bought. <sighs> 14 bottles of mead from different meaderies just this week. Wow. So definitely, yeah, and mead's not cheap. No, uh, no, I'm it's not. Quickly, quickly learning. It's just like Garagis fucking released a uh, couple members only bottles, like a mixed berry cheesecake mortalish collab. And then they did like a pomegranate blackberry collab with Evil Twin that was members only. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> like, okay, well, I gotta get these, and then Honeypot just released their IHOP Day bottles, which were four breakfast-themed meads that, two of which won the gold and silver medals in the, I can't remember the name of it right now, it's a, there's some mead judging event that happens every year and they took home first place and second place on two of these flavors. And it was like blueberry banana pancakes and some other one. And apparently it's just like 
some of the best, I mean, arguably some of the best meat ever, because like I said, they took home first place nationally with one of these. And I was just like, luckily I met somebody online who was able to proxy for me uh, in Anaheim. So I got those four bottles <laughs> and then I got a couple people down in another meadery for anybody listening, yourself included, uh, Funktastic Meads down in Richmond, Virginia. Um, they're opening up their tap room in January, but they are doing some fucking insane shit as well uh, as Nectarius. Like, they, they are doing some stuff that you're like, wait, really? You can do that? Like, they have a golden Oreo mead. <laughs> they have a, a red velvet cake mead. Oh my god! Just shit that you're like, I don't even know how you did this, and they're like, good. That's we don't want you to know how. That's the fucking it. point. <laughs> so, dude, like, and I again met the met him. So it's like, which leads me to my next thing is I've been brewing my own mead at home. Uh, I like I said, I got bit by the bug, and between uh, you know talking to different people in the industry and meeting these different mead makers. It's like, you know, meeting Matt from Funktastic and Seth from Notarius. Now I've got two people that are very, very skilled at what they do. And I'm just like bugging them for tips when I'm trying to make my shitty homebrewed stuff. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and it's, I mean, listen, some of them are pretty good. Some of them are rough. It's, it's all learning experience, you know, and I think, you know, give it, I would say next time I'm in Pittsburgh, I will absolutely bring some of my homebrew mead and, uh, we can share a couple bottles and let me know what you think. I, uh, I've got four batches going right now. Uh, wow. You really hit it hard, (laughs) (laughs) dude. I got bit by the bug and I can't stop. I mean, I'm, I'm doing a blueberry muffin mead i'm doing a mixed berry peanut butter and jelly i'm doing a neapolitan like strawberry chocolate vanilla yeah i'm doing a fuck what is the other one oh and i'm doing a holiday like cranberry pie so it's cranberry marshmallow cinnamon graham cracker vanilla orange zest um just Trying to do some uh, just really fucking big flavors and just going heavy on the fruit, you know, between three and five pounds per gallon. Oh wow! Just that's that's a yeah, lot dude, of fruit. I mean, <laughs> I guess you need dude, you need it for fermenting meat, I guess, right? But yeah, so that's you know, it's a dude. There's meat is it's so much easier than home brewing beer if you've home brewed beer. <laughs> I have failed at that many times. Um, <laughs> 10 times easier than brewing beer, but also at the same time, meat is very finicky. And, uh, I mean, you know, you, there's different techniques and different schools of thought into how to do it. And in terms of giving it nutrients up front or step feeding it, and then whether you put fruit in the primary or in the secondary or both, and then, you know, how much, how much honey do you want to use per gallon? Like what kind of mouthfeel do you want? And like, are you going for that coyingly sweet or more of a dry finish? And then how long do you age it? Is there an appropriate amount of time? Does it depend on the fruit? It's just, there's a lot of intricacies and, you know, 
Uh, for anybody interested in trying to make mead, I say fucking go for it. It's fucking awesome. Uh, I would definitely suggest getting Ken Schramm's book. It's like an intro to mead making. Uh, I am in the process of reading it now after getting yelled at by Matt from Funktastic because he was like, bro, I can tell you're passionate and I love that and I want to see you succeed because I can tell that you're you're very serious about it. But he was like, you need to fucking know what you're doing and why you're doing it. So <laughs> pretty much like I said for glass blowers, like you got to walk before you run. I dove in head first and now I'm kind of playing catch up and learning more of the theory behind things, you know, just to make sure things are done appropriately. And like, why am I doing this again? Like, what is the purpose of adding this at this point? You know, stuff like that. Yeah. See that, that sounds like it's a lot of, um, I, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's just as much, if not more, uh, chemistry and you know, all that, like there's, there's definitely a science behind it, right? Like just like beer, just like, anything oh, else. Yeah. you know there's so much that you don't know that you don't know right oh yeah and you think about it dude you know when you drink it you're like oh man this is super good what is it oh it's mean how do you make it oh it's yeast fruit honey and water oh that's it i could fucking do that you know right. maybe that's not your first thought but like when you think about the ingredients you're like <laughs> you're like damn and i don't even need to like heat it or anything like i don't need to boil it or like because obviously with beers, you know, you're, you you got to boil it and whatever else. With this, with me, dude, it's, you fucking throw shit in a bucket and you let it fucking rot, basically. <laughs> to put it in completely disgusting layman's terms, you, yes. you put fruit and shit in a bucket and let it go bad. But <laughs> it's, dude, I mean, it's, it's a lot harder than people would think because, you know, you when you drink some of the this, this stuff you're getting from people that have been doing it or know exactly what they're doing, I can put those same ingredients in a bucket and I could, I could let it ferment and poison. You can even tell me, <laughs> you can tell me how, this is how much honey we used and this is the fruit we used and I could try to recreate it. And it's almost guaranteed will be nowhere near as good as theirs. Even, even if they told me exactly what they put in it. Yeah, and it's just it's all about like I said man it's it's doing things it's it's very formulaic it's you're doing it at certain times and there's certain techniques in when you're doing it and when you're adding more honey when you're adding nutrients when you're adding clarifying agents or you know yeast energizers or or whatever you know there's it's so <laughs> It's like there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's just like preferred method, and then it gives you different results. So like trying to be like, oh, I want to do this the best way. It's like, well, what what do you want the end product to be like? Because there's like six different fucking ways to do it. <laughs> and for me, I'm like, God damn it. Can you just make this fucking easy for me? Like, <laughs> Right. Give me the... Uh... <laughs> Mead for Dummies book, and I'll figure out. Yeah, can I have, like, like, the footnotes version? Like, <laughs> like cliff notes? Can I just be like, yeah, do this. Okay, cool. Like, Meanwhile, the guys I that know. are making it are like, yeah, you're going to need 15 years and, uh, you know, 37,000 fuck-ups before you make a good one. <laughs> like, oh, dude, literally. <laughs> which, I mean, honestly, it's, it's funny. My first, my first batch turned out to be really good, but it was like kind of accidental because 
I didn't know what I was doing, and like I did some stuff wrong. So, <laughs> and I didn't I didn't check the ABV on it. You know, it was just like it was a hot mess. It tastes good, but it's like I don't even know what it is. You could tell it's alcoholic. I don't know how strong, and like, and it's it's gotten better from there. And you know, like I said, it's honestly, man, you can brew a batch like a gallon within, I would say between 10 and 15 days it'll be fully fermented but, but honestly the thing with meat is it's it's the fucking it's the long game you know you yeah it's it's done in like two weeks but then you have to basically just let it age to lose that fucking rocket fuel super harsh edge and also to kind of have the flavors develop and mingle and you know, kind of marry over time. And it's like, I would say realistically, when you're brewing a meat, it only takes two weeks to, to brew it and get it up to the correct ABV, but it takes at least three months for all the flavors to develop. Wow. Yeah, see, that's that's really what it is, is, is you're controlling what you can control and hoping that the, the rest of the process just takes its own life, right? Like, it, it really just builds on itself. Oh, yeah, and then you're waiting because you're like, you know, you can taste it when it's first done. And, like, typically it might have a little bit of a carbonation just because of the carbon dioxide and shit. So you're drinking it. It's, like, kind of fizzy, way more alcoholic tasting than you want. And you're, like, trying to decipher the base flavor of it. Yeah. And just being like, I think this tastes good. But, like, it's also carbonated. And like, and like kind of strong. And I'm like, eh, this will hopefully taste good in three months. You know, and then you're just waiting to be like, well, fuck. And then you finally crack it and you're like, oh, thank God. All right. It's not terrible. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I don't have the taste for mead yet. Um, we did. Uh, so prototype was at the drink, the cookie table event. And we, we yes, talked yes. at length about them on our, our recap of, the event and they actually reached out to me after um, we posted that episode. So they're going to be on an upcoming episode here too with us because I, we absolutely couldn't say enough good things about them as a brewery, but also their mead was fucking stellar in my opinion. Um, oh, fuck. Yeah, dude. I, I only was able to try one of them because I remember you and your girlfriend, wife, fiance came over and we're like, oh my god, the mead! And every time I kept fucking going over, they were out. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, god damn! And they were like, all right, listen, like it's gonna be at this time. Come over, and we'll make sure you get some. <laughs> and finally, I got a pour of it was like an apple cider one. It was it was like a cinnamon apple sizer, and oh, that was wow. it was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, we had the um, they had the fruit or the mixed berry. In the okay. first session, and my God, was it incredible! Like I was just, it was like, man, I don't even like mead, or I've never really had like good mead, and that one was like, yeah, I definitely need to like follow up on this. <laughs> so, dude, <laughs> I would say for real, definitely, if you can hit up Nectarius, they they do ship as well. Um, they ship pretty much nationwide. I would say them. And then Funktastic. Uh, those would be my two. If you're trying to get into mead without having much of a flavor for it yet, I would say those two guys are making some of the best shit for 
for someone who's not super familiar, and I mean, also they just they make a hell of a product. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, dude, I'm curious to see. I got to do some research. See if there's any meteries out your way out in the Pittsburgh area or the surrounding area. So there is. Um, we have Apis. Okay. Meadery in Pittsburgh. They have been doing it for a long time. Um, I don't think that I've had any of their products, but they're on tap at some of the breweries. Like they have like guest taps at places. Okay. Um, you can get them in restaurants here. Like it's, it's pretty, pretty readily available stuff. And I, I don't know enough about them to really speak on whether it's good or not, <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're all <laughs> over the place. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's one for sure. I know, other than that, I really don't know of anybody that's doing mead in Pittsburgh. Dude, honestly, I think mead, I could see it being one of the next big things in terms of, like, I don't want to say fad because I don't really think of it as a fad. I mean, like I said, I've, I'm very much, I mean, I, to put it this way, I'm, I'm actually trying to look into the licensing to be able to open up a small production facility so I could make my own meadery. And I mean, the goal would be after, you know, development of the product and finally getting everything to where I want, where I want it to be uh, doing like a membership convocation type thing, you know, similar to like Horace aged ales or something like that, where it's like you sign up for the membership and then, you get like a guaranteed number of members only bottles annually, Yeah, you know, rather than, rather than going the route of like a mass production, you know, uh, going through distributors and shit. Cause honestly, I don't want to deal with all of that. Like, obviously I already have thick boys. I just, I love mead and it's one of those things where it's like, you only get better by making it. And like I said, I have four fucking gallons right now that I'm brewing and I'm like, cool. Now I need to bottle and, just have all of this meat that like, yeah, I'll drink it, but like, fuck man, it, it adds up quick. Yeah, no, absolutely. Several gallons. And that's why I'm like, okay, if I can get a license and be able to have a membership program where I could get this out there and at least be able to cover my costs to keep doing what I'm doing, you know, that's, that's ultimately the goal. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That sounds like, I mean, that sounds like a realistic reach. And not something where you're just like jumping into opening a meadery like, <laughs> fully, but that, that, I mean, that's really cool, man. I, it sounds it, like you said, it sounds like you're passionate about it. You're actually caring about what you're doing. And well, dude, I mean, it's, it's because, you know, listen, thick boys has opened up this gateway, right? I mean, it started as I, I started mewling beer from four fifty. Like I was that guy. I was one of those like four fifty fucks who would go get the beer and then charge people, you know, 10 bucks a can, whatever to get it. And thick boys was the side project. Um, that was like, this could be a fun way to make some extra money. Yeah. And then it turned into the main thing and has now become 90% of my life. And through that, you know, now it's turned into even getting more involved in the industry. And I mean, at this point, I'm going to put you on speaker for a second because I need to check about the Instagram feed to look at something, but just for numbers purposes, but dude, at this point we've now brewed several collaborate collaboration beers and meads and, you know, 
I mean, I'm, I just got to get the number here. Okay, so at this point, it is now one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We've, we've done eight beers, or seven beers, one mead, and we've got another... We have a beer dropping next month with a pretty fucking awesome brewery in Texas. I can't really divulge who, but that's coming next month. We've <laughs> got right. another another beer coming sooner than later with a brewery in California. Uh, we've got a beer coming at some point with a brewery in Asheville. It's actually why we're going down this weekend. Um, so, I mean, it's just, I never thought I would be able to say that I had my name on a beer in any way, shape or form. You know what I mean? To go from being a fan to, to having essentially at least 10 different beers. It's fucking insane, dude. You know what I mean? To be able, like, (laughs) it's, it's a wild feeling. That's awesome, man. Like, I'm really like really glad that we got to meet in the, like just this unassuming, you know, uh, beer festival in Pittsburgh, but you guys are doing some kick-ass stuff. Those collabs that tattered flag had were killer too. Um, we Dude, didn't really talk about the it. Cantaloupe, man. I know. Was worried. <laughs> I think I said that to you. Like the first sentence that I met you, I was like, dude, what's up with the, <laughs> the sour. And you were like, it tastes like gummy bears. And I was like, you're damn right. It does. <laughs> Dude, Justin was like, man, do we have to do cantaloupe? And I was like, bro, no one does cantaloupe. And he was like, yeah, cause it's gross. And I was like, just trust me. Like worst case scenario, we do this beer. Hopefully it's not too massive of a production and it's, it's just, it's a flop, but honestly, dude, everyone loved it. Yeah. Like, that's everyone, what I'm saying. And it I, turned out so good. It was really like next level stuff. And I was like, who the fuck is thick boys? I've never even heard of this. And like, and I mean, I'm being honest, you know, like I I had no idea. And then, yeah, yeah. And then I see all the glasses and I'm like, fuck, I'm going to spend way too much money here. (laughs) But no, I mean, like it's, it's very cool to hear. And I mean, honestly, like just the grind has to be, you know, part of that conversation right like you you really do need to get out there and and actually like be at these places and pushing this glassware and i mean i'm sure it doesn't feel like a sales job but i mean there's there's sometimes it does but 90 percent of the time dude it's just i get to go hang out with my friends and travel and go to different cities and drink different beer and eat awesome food and you know i mean Obviously, there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes, uh, you know, just in terms of like building out the site, advertising, marketing, uh, the customer service aspects, just trying to keep everything running smoothly. But honestly, dude, it's it's fucking awesome. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah, that's that's great to hear. And I mean, you guys, I, I hope that you just keep at it for years and years and years because I'm sure I'll have a collection dude, of the glasses. <laughs> Um, that's the plan man it's just you know i think like the, the craziest fucking part is you know we talked about our following earlier and like okay it's been since last june so july august september October. so it's been what 17 months that we've gotten almost eleven thousand followers yeah and i'm just, i'm sitting here with my less than a thousand and we've been doing this for <laughs> three plus years so you can just shake a stick at me 
just go away. Get out of here, right? Like, I'm not dude, helping you. I, you're helping me. <laughs> but, I mean, I can talk to you. I mean, honestly, I can tell, dude, like, you, you're fucking passionate about it, too. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I think that's what it is, dude. It's, it's finding your thing that you're passionate about and getting to do something cool. And, like, being able just to talk to people in the industry and, like, having that just be something, you know, I, I don't know. I, I love it, man. I, I thought about trying to make a podcast before just because <laughs> you know I, I think it's cool as fuck what you're doing and I'm, I'm glad that we linked up as well it's such a random happenstance thing you know right right and i mean ryan's one of those guys that that genuinely brings people together in the most positive ways right so i, I can't yeah. say enough good about fueled by hops because we i've been in it since basically like they started and i was in it maybe like four or five months afterwards when it was getting to like a thousand people in the group and now okay. they're up, they're up over 4k and like it's uh it, i mean the, the the vibe the the good vibes only feel of the group people aren't shitting on everybody like we're not all bashing the beers that you're drinking like some like people will post like i'm drinking an icy light and nobody says anything negative about that like it's oh you want to drink a natty on a you know a football sunday or whatever cool go for yeah. it you know we don't care uh, but yeah. like Ryan is just such the positive force in the group that like it was it was just bound to happen that he's going to make some good connections and really like grow this Fuck to something yeah. that's awesome and it really is showing like he's he's definitely got the legwork there and it's it's a cool community to be a part of honestly well dude I can I can tell you this much man that we were talking about trying to do some glasses for Cookie Table um, and it just logistically timeline wise and you know obviously it was the first year it happened so like expense wise things did not happen this year i would say in the future definitely keep an eye out for either a run of fueled by hops glasses or specifically a cookie table glass uh i definitely think that either or both will be something that'll happen in the future that's awesome that's awesome um, as we're winding down this episode here, I want to yeah. give you a couple of minutes to plug your stuff. Um, anything that's coming up, anything that, uh, that you're allowed to talk about. Cause obviously like the collab beers are super secret and you're not going to tell me any fun secrets. I mean, I'll, I'll text you right after and tell you what it is. <laughs> I just, I don't want to promote it over the air. You know what I mean? No, I get that. I appreciate that. That's, that's totally fine. Um, I don't really need to know cause I'll find it on your Instagram. I'm sure. Cause I follow you guys pretty <laughs> intently now. But <laughs> yeah, um, trying to think. Um, so for the rest of the year, things are relatively quiet. Um, we are going to be down in Asheville uh, this weekend. Uh, people in the area, if you happen to be down there, can catch us either at Bramari or at Dissolver. Uh, we got a couple meetings, talk about some beers and talk about some glass. Um, we're going to be out on the West Coast the first week of December um, from the 6th to the 13th. So definitely going to be hitting up breweries out there. If anybody wants to come say what's up, uh, we're going to be posting about it as we go. Um, what else? Uh, for next year, got a couple events lined up already. Um, let me do a quick, where is it? <laughs> yeah, so we, yeah so as of right now uh we are going to be at juicy fest not officially as vendors we're just going to be going uh just to support our friends uh we're going to be at wake fest seven 
the next year at Jay Wakefield. Nice. We are going to be at Altered States Volume 2, which is going to be at um, the 8th State. We're going to be at Aslan's Anniversary. Uh, we will be at Snallygaster. We will absolutely be at Great American Beer Festival. Um, you know, and obviously I'm sure things are just going to continue to blow up from there. Um, and the calendars will absolutely fill out. Um, we've got a Black Friday sale going on, um, which is going to be... We've actually teamed up with a number of different partners to offer different promotional codes with for varying amounts. So everyone keep your eyes peeled on social for that. Through us, we are going to have a Black Friday sale, and the discount is... It's terrible. I don't even remember. <laughs> That's okay. But Black Friday, 18% off. The code is Black Friday for anybody trying to buy stuff. That's going to be running through Monday at midnight. Say the say the code uh, again because I think you cut out a little bit there. Yeah, so so we're our promo code through us is Black Friday, one word, all caps. Uh, that's going to be running from Thursday at midnight to Monday at midnight, and then we've also got probably four or five other promo codes through different partners in the industry um, as well that are ranging from fifteen to twenty percent off. Awesome. Um, and then, yeah, other than that, just a couple of different beer collabs coming out over the next couple of months. Um, there's going to be another stout. Uh, there's going to be, I think, two stouts, actually. There's another sour coming. And then other than that, just keep an eye on our page for different official releases, uh, you know, different releases, events, and then also uh, maybe keep an eye out for my mead project uh, in, the, in the coming future. <laughs> Thick Boys Meadery. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um so yeah you can follow logan on instagram at thick boys b-o-i-s glass right same as facebook as well yeah okay cool yeah i um so i try to make sure at least that you guys get your socials out there so i think i started off by saying it correctly so hopefully yeah, if you don't listen to the end b-o-i-s glass yep all right cool man well uh, it's been a fantastic time talking to you here. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time to BS with me on a Monday night. But uh, as yeah, we roll into the holiday hard. season, follow along. They're going to have some cool stuff. Um, my plugs real quick. Uh, Fueled by Hop Shop, right? Use our code, the weekly recap, for 20% off your entire order. $80 or more gets you free shipping. So if you want to spend $80 on $100 worth of stuff, you get 20% off using the weekly recap. I don't know if you can tell, but I've said that a couple of times. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, any any final thoughts, anything else you want to want to shout out into the ether here? Oh, uh, man, I just, you know, like I said before, check out and download the Osner app. Uh, definitely download Beer Discovery. Um, you know, check out Dream State Brewing. Check out Nectarious Mead. Obviously, follow Thick Boys Glass. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and you know, man, thank you so much for having me on, uh, you know, looking forward to the next time I'm in Pittsburgh, I'll make sure to bring some stuff so we can, uh, get a little share together and, you know, catch up. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, absolutely. Look forward to it. This, uh, 
we'll we'll have you back on the podcast at some point. You're one of those guests that we're not banning, so. I appreciate it. But uh, I'm going to raise a thick boy glass right here uh, to Logan. Uh, So thanks again for listening, guys. Uh, You are the reason that we do this every week. Leave your reviews on iTunes, Spotify, uh, any of the other podcast uh, realms out there that I don't check normally. But uh, really appreciate (laughs) you coming on. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. So cheers. Later, guys. Thanks, man.